Father, we thank you so much this morning for waking us up, for clothing us in our right mind, for having mercy on us. We ask that you will speak to us. We ask that you will rebuke us. We ask that you will encourage us. We ask that you will guide us through your word. Indeed, Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are never affected by the seasons. You are never affected by the times. You are above. You are outside of creation. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We know that the word of God is already anointed. But Lord, I ask that you will anoint my lips. Speak through me. Have mercy on me this morning. And let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. The song just won't go away, isn't it? song the whole week when you get to work and you're about to have a challenge when you're going through a challenge when you have a setback when you get an envelope at home that you don't like when you get a report from the hospital that you don't like when there's a situation that arises this week your mouth will just open you are God you will always be this is a weapon God has given to us this morning. I want somebody to open their mouth and say that. If you have seen God manifest in any way at all in your life, this year, last year, since you were born, since you got married, since you had children, when you were a child, when you became an adult, any situation, the situation is going to look at you. <laughs> Numbers chapter 6. Yesterday we started having a look at Numbers chapter 6. I just want to go a little bit further. And um, before I go on, I want to say thank you so much to the sisters. God bless you. God bless you so much for organizing this year's Sisters 2022 Shine. We were really blessed yesterday, both spiritually and physically. Amen. I don't know, those women in the kitchen, they work miracles. God bless you so much. And all those, you know, the praise and worship team, everyone. And above all, we want to say thank you to Reverend Chris for his very presence in our midst yesterday and being with us and encouraging us and Pastor Sam and, and Pastor William and Pastor um, Kiran and Pastor Michael, all the ministers and all the men in this house who were present here yesterday. 
we appreciate it, we acknowledge it, we are grateful, and we ask that may the Lord also give us grace to be good to you. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. Yes, we had a wonderful time yesterday with Reverend Eve and all those who came to minister to us. And I know that from this day forward, we shall shine. Amen. Amen. Are there some shining ladies in the house? Are there some shining women in the house? Are there some shining mothers in the house? Remember what we said. If you are shining, it means you are manifesting the grace of God. It means you are in the spotlight. It means you are becoming brighter and brighter. It means that you are glowing. It means that you have direction. It means that you have clarity. It means that you emit light. It means that you have become conspicuously clear. You have become conspicuous. You cannot be hidden. You have become evident. You have become distinguished. You are performing extremely well. You have become brilliant. You have become extraordinary. Their words. You have, you are covered in splendor and you you become attractive and many will take a liking to you. That was a prophetic word over somebody's life. Amen. So every year we will shine and shine and shine and shine till our Savior comes or till we go to meet him. Amen. You will realize that in scripture, when the Bible is talking about shining or brightness or, you know, the light, you realize that it comes in different formats, different contexts, and it carries different mandates and blessings, amen, and also instructions. And for this year, we are focusing on God shining on us. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing that God gave me such an interesting word because if there's any category of God's creation who know how to shine is women. They can shine their face well, well, well. I mean, they can shine it. I mean, when a woman has her makeup on and when she doesn't have her makeup on, you can easily not recognize her. Hey, I'm telling you. I mean, when they shine well, 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 well. Oh, the shine will, the shine can cover all kinds of things. Those who don't have eyes get eyes. Those who don't have eyelids get eyelids. Those who feel their lips are too small, make it big. Those who feel their lips are too big, make it small. I mean, I am so amazed that just with brush, powder, oil, this, they can reduce things. And they say contour. But I say they know how to shine. They just know how to shine. So, brothers, when you see a shining woman, just wait a bit. Just wait a bit. <laughs> Let her shine be from within. Amen. Let her shine be from within. Yeah. And um, on this Mother's Day, you see, especially for mothers, you know, when, like Pastor Sam said something that I thought was so funny because this morning I also found a picture of my mother and I said, these women were once amazing, I tell you. And he said he saw his mother and he saw that she was a chick. You see, what made her chickness go is you. <laughs> when mothers are not careful, they will lose their shine. 
when mothers are not, I'm even talking about even outward shine. Because by the time you are finished breastfeeding, and by the time you are finished changing pampers five, six times, the last thing you are thinking of is lipstick. Yeah. I mean, even to maybe go and get your hair done, the last thing you are thinking of is, I'm going to sit somewhere, then they'll braid my hair for six hours. Oh. A lot of you, when you see mothers with their children in the shop, you get irritated when the children are crying or misbehaving. Then you'll be memory under your, they say, can they put the children under check? Come and carry the children and go and put them under check and see if it's as easy to do that. Yeah. So you see that motherhood in itself has a way of taking your shine, of just wiping a bit of your shine. I remember once I had to gather the young mothers. I believe it was our church in Birmingham. I had to gather them and rebuke them. I said, the fact that you have become a mother doesn't mean that you have automatically become a Rastafarian. It doesn't mean that at all. Hey, they come to church, you see that they didn't even make effort. And these were women just a few years before they got even married. When they come to church from top to even their toenails are well polished to match the shoe they are wearing. Then suddenly they have become, you know... <laughs> Wilderness survivors, you know. And so I believe that there is a grace that God also brings to us so that even through motherhood, we can still continue to shine. That we don't lose ourselves in the midst. You know, sometimes we are trying to be the best mothers so much so that we can easily lose ourselves. But you see, it is God who gave the kids to us. It is God who takes care of them. It is just the grace of God. You can go and ask people who thought they they had really disciplined their children. So the children entered university. They realized that they didn't do much at all. Numbers chapter 6. But I also believe that as a Christian, man or woman, you must shine. In fact, before we read our text, you know, in Exodus 34, when Moses went to Mount Sinai, the Bible says in verse 29 to 31, I'm going to read Amplified. It says that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two ta- tables of the testimony in his hand, he did not know that the skin of his face shone and sent forth beams by reason of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they feared to come near him. But Moses called to them and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him and he talked with them. He's saying that even Moses himself, he didn't realize how he was shining by reason of his communion with God. Amen. So sometimes you don't realize that in this your Christian journey, once you begin to walk with God, he's going to cause you to shine and shine and shine and shine. But if you are not careful, you will realize that it is because you are relating with him that you are shining. And the devil can just gradually draw you away. And because you didn't know you were shining, when they draw you away, you will know that you have stopped shining. I don't know if somebody understands what I'm saying. Numbers chapter 6, the Bible says in verse, we're going to read 22 to 27, the Amplified. It says that, and the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron and his sons, this is the way you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them, and you know, when you are reading scripture, remember that the scripture was written for our use. So this is the way the Lord 
will bless CICC. Amen. This is the way the Lord will bless the ladies in this house, the sisters in this house, the brothers in this house, the men in this house, the women in this house, the children in this house. Say to them, the Lord bless you and watch God and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving favor. One person who can do all these things. You were God. You are God. You will always be God. Yeah. The Lord lift up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart, and life continually. And they shall put my name upon the Israelites, upon this house, and I will bless them. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I ask a question this morning. What... And why do we need God? What? Why do we need God to shine his face upon us? And number six tells us a number of things. And the first thing it says is that because that is a way God blesses us. Amen. If God is blessing you, he will shine his face upon you. The scripture also tells us that the Lord is watching over us, guarding us. And keeping us. You see, what we don't realize, how many of you know that anything that becomes a part of you, you become so familiar with it, you normalize it. And sometimes the supernaturalness of it is taken away. Do you understand? Like when you are born and as you grow, never a time do you sit down to appreciate the complexity of oxygen, of breathing. Unless you begin to have breathing problems. Breathing is never something that comes on your mind. You don't even think to that, if I'm not able to breathe, what will happen? Because you assume that once I'm awake, I'll be breathing. Even when I'm asleep, my breathing system is still working. But when you begin to have challenges with breathing, suddenly you begin to see the value of breathing. So if God is watching over us and guarding over us, we take it for granted till that hand is taken off, till that eye is taken off, till that watch is taken off from us. For some of us, maybe somebody was helping you, you were stranded a bit, and the person was like, oh, you can come and stay with me for a little while. You don't pay rent, you don't pay anything. When you come, whatever the person has prepared, they'll share their meal with you. You know, you put the lights on. Sometimes they will come and they'll see that you put even extra heating on, and they're looking at you and shaking their head. But out of Christian duty and courtesy, they just, am I preaching to somebody and saying something? You know, they'll just, and, they, and you can see that they haven't put their heating on, they put two coats on. And they've gone to have a cup of tea. To keep warm. And then you are even in a very summery nightgown. And then you have put heating on. And then your legs, the heat is blowing your legs as you have crossed your legs. Until the day, until the day you also get a flat. And then you also go and sit there and then you put the heating on and then it's blowing, blowing, blowing. Then your first bill comes. And then you immediately throw the heater away. <laughs> You say, this room, actually, we don't even need extra heaters here. <laughs> Suddenly, you go to Primark, you go and look for woolly socks, woolly cardigan, woolly jumpers, woolly. Yeah. Then you begin to appreciate why that person seems so weird to you. Why can't they just put? <sighs> yeah. Reverend says it's true. The Reverend is trying to deal with his issue in the detail. Yeah. Because when it is just there that God is just watching over us, 
it's not, it's no big deal. Do you understand? Even to say thank you for doing that. And that's how some children, when they grow up and they get some responsibility, sometimes it's even too late to go back to mommy or daddy and go and say, I really appreciate, I'm really thankful, I thank God for your life, you know, I know for the, 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 because you come to realize, you know, especially children who were very, I don't want to eat this, I don't eat that, or they'll eat their food, don't really eat it, they'll go and make a big bowl of cereal, half four spoons and pour the rest away, and then they'll want something else, and then they'll take the bread and then don't tie it, and then it dries up, and they, once it dries up, don't eat it, and they throw it away, and then they'll take the uh, butter and then they'll take it out and they'll stick something and then they'll throw it away and then and they'll be throwing a lot of things away till one day they start doing shopping and there are some people in their house who start throwing things away do you know do you think money grows on trees then as a grandmother if i'm sitting there i'll tell the child to tell their mother yes it does grow on trees listen when, the, when, when somebody is holding you up, you can easily take it for granted. When somebody is covering you, you can easily take it for granted. Till you are exposed and you have to cover yourself. Till you have to fend for yourself. Do you understand? If you ask any child who was very stroppy and said, they are too strict at home, so I'm going to live on my own, and they move out, they go around waterless places, waterless places. And they realize that a little shouting and rebuke from mom or dad, I better go back and, <laughs> and, and go. And, uh. So I pray that we don't take God's watching over us, guarding us and keeping us. The Bible says in Nehemiah 9 verse 12, they were remembering what the Lord did. He said that moreover, by a pillar of cloud, you led them by day and by a pillar of fire by night. What for? To light the way they should go. Amen. Yeah, God guides us. Because listen, when light is not shown on your path, you can stumble. You can trip over. You can hit. You can hurt yourself. You can have accidents and incidents. And that is a grace we have as children of God. And that is why God wants, God's desire is that everybody should be saved. Because he knows that, listen, if I don't shine my light on you, there's no way you can make that journey, go through the whole journey. Another reason is because we become enlightened. What does it mean to become enlightened? It means that ignorance is taken away from us. How many of us know that ignorance is very costly? Ignorance is very, very, very costly. Ignorance is very, the Lord is asking me to say it over and over again. Ignorance is very costly. You know, a lot of us, there are things we tried, got into out of ignorance. Do you understand? If you are 11 and you know that when you take drugs, it will ruin you, you are not likely to take it. But ignorance will let you take it. By the time you realize that this is ruining my life, <coughs> Ephesians 4, the Bible says in verse 17 to 18, the NLT, with the lost authority say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. One of the things that brings ignorance is a closed mind. 
It's a closed mind. It's a closed mind. You see, there are a lot of people who even argue about the faith, argue about Christianity, but a lot of the time it's out of ignorance. It's out of ignorance. It's out of ignorance. How many of us uh, realize that, but for God, there are certain decisions you would have taken in your life that would not have been good. But for God, there are things you would have done that you would have regretted for the rest of your life. Some of us, we have even regretted some things, but we have realized that, but for God, it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I always say that I have a burden and, you know, some, a, level, a high level of sympathy for, like, junkies. Because in my own small world, I have struggled with Coca-Cola. Yeah, you will laugh because you don't know the complexity of that challenge. No, no, we are talking about the one we've overcome. <laughs> don't spoil my message, please. Don't spoil my message this morning. Yeah, allow me to preach the way I want to preach. We are not talking about cheesecake. I said Coca-Cola. I didn't talk about cheesecake. Yeah. You, you, you realize that you can even stop for like five months. No Coca-Cola. You see it, you walk away from it. You see it, you say, by the grace of God, I have overcome. I am an overcomer. Oh. Oh. No, no, we don't do diet coke. Diet coke is not nice. Listen, drink deep or taste not. This kind of way. <laughs> but then you realize that in the sixth month, on a particular day, at a particular place, under a particular circumstance, during a particular occasion, And then normally the relapse is packaged well. So it's not that somebody is offering you Coke. Coke. Because you see, a Coke that is not of a certain, below a certain temperature is not Coca-Cola. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Please tell them. Tell them how it is done. (laughs) Tell them how it is done. Tell them how it is done. The, The... the, the volume of ice must equate the volume of the drink itself. Thank you, Minister Sheila. Yes, you should be able to. And, and, and if you are really, really in the mood, put it back in the freezer so that it will have a slash feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you shake yourself, you can add, add a few slices of lemon. You can add a few slices of lemon. Oh, my gosh. And the best location to have that is sort of pre-going to bed. So you are totally relaxed in your pajamas with that glass. And you should have a transparent glass so that you can see the difference between the frozen bit and the... It brings a level of calmness into your life. And this is just a sugar drink. So how do you expect those who have gotten themselves involved in dangerous drugs? We can sit on our high horse. If you had made right choices in life, you would have been in a better place. If you had, look at the Coca-Cola, you can't stop. Okay, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to me. That that was meant for me, it wasn't meant for you. Yeah, but you too, you have your own. 
ignorance, 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 ignorance. You know, there are a number of things that we have to realize about God enlightening us. Because when God is enlightening us, one of the things that will happen is that you will have greater knowledge and understanding. Greater knowledge and that is why you cannot be a Christian who does not read your Bible. You cannot be a Christian who does not study the word. You cannot be a Christian who does not make an effort to understand what you are reading to be able to apply it. When I was a younger Christian, I realized that people took so much pride in memorizing scripture. But one day I had a revelation that this thing is deceptive because the ability to memorize scripture doesn't mean you understand it. It also doesn't mean you use it. It gives you greater knowledge and understanding. Exodus 31, the Bible says in verse 3, And I have filled him with the the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. And the Lord was describing a craftsman. Bezalel says that, I have filled him, not only with the spirit of God, but I've filled him in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Which means that for you to shine in every area of your life, you must have greater knowledge and understanding. Because sometimes two or three people are doing the same thing, but one is shining because one has had an understanding of it. One has had better knowledge of it. Yeah, those of you who are in university and things, you can see the difference in your results. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was trying to find a better example, but I think this one, that was a very, very low blow. You realize that your, your results is your level of knowledge and understanding on the subject. <laughs> you realize that when you look at all these social media sites and things, you realize that the knowledge and understanding those who created Facebook have is very different from the knowledge and understanding some of these new ones who are trying to come out. You can see that they don't have knowledge. They don't have, they've just seen that this thing makes money. Can we also have a site and do something? If somebody is a, running a restaurant or have, has a hairdressing salon or even is a makeup artist, you will see that the one who has good understanding and knowledge does better. Yeah. Some of us, we go to saloons where as soon as we sit down, they say, what do you want to do to your hair? You say, oh, I want to. Then they just pour the thing in. Don't test whether it's good for your hair, whether it's the right this texture. Don't, this, don't give, there's no counseling, no consultation. Hey, it's 45 pounds. Here, bring your hair. You will not shine. Do you understand? That business you are doing will not shine to a certain level because you don't have understanding and knowledge. That is why as parents, we have to have understanding and knowledge of each child. If you don't have understanding and knowledge of each child, you treat them the same way. You behave towards them the same way. One of the problems is because understanding and knowledge requires effort. You see, a lot of the time we like impartation. (laughs) Speak over my life, declare over my life. Scripture, you have to read it yourself. You have to understand, you have to use it yourself. Nobody can use it on your behalf. Numbers 24, 16, the Bible says that the message of one who hears the words of God 
who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. Amen. Yeah, that's the kind of person who has become enlightened. And if you are enlightened, it also means that you have insight spiritually, emotionally, physically, intellectually. You have insight. Proverbs 2, the Bible says from 2 to 3, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. You want to be in the know. You want to be in, in the middle of it. You want to be where the action is. You know, you can, we always describe Abraham as a friend of God. And in Genesis 18, one of the things that God said, that, what, will I do something and hide it from my friend Abraham? You understand? In fact, let's read it. Let's read um, Genesis 18, 17 to 19. The Bible says, I read Amplified. The Bible says, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham, my friend and servant, what I am going to do? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him and shall bless themselves by him. For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. Amen. He says that for I have known, chosen, acknowledge him as my own, so I will not hide what I'm doing. Do you know that if something is going on and you have foreknowledge, how many of you know that if January 2020, you knew about COVID-19, you would have taken certain actions if you had insight, insight to what was coming down the road? Because at that time, people were making all kinds of declarations. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which means that if God begins to open your eyes and whisper things to you, you have to see it as a privilege. If you are working somewhere and you get to know that they are going to make people redundant before any conversation has even been had, it gives you advantage. It means you can go and look for a job whilst others are just going up and back and forth not realizing that in the next couple of weeks, they're going to get a letter. Yeah. Some people, when all these huge companies, BHS, which other company, Debenhams, you know, when they went bust, some people were sitting right there having no clue. Having no clue. Do you understand? Recently, I went for a meeting somewhere, and not knowing when Empower was going bust, they tried to collect as much money from people who owned them as much as they could, and then they disappeared into thin air, leaving people stranded totally. Yeah, somebody here used to work there, but we, we forgive them. We don't know if she had insight or she didn't have insight, but and, uh, she, they didn't tell her, okay? They didn't tell her, yeah. When, and you see, a child of God has insight into how the world operates has insight onto the effects of evil, has insight into how to walk as a mother, as a father, as a child, has insight how to handle challenges, how to handle struggles, has insight 
how the words of their mouth has power. Do you know that if you don't know that your confession has power, you can misuse your confession? Yeah, that is a knowledge you know because of the, who you are now. It also means to illuminate. To be enlightened means to be illuminated. John chapter 1. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it. Not there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. You see, I am reading up to verse 9 to point something out to you. It says that he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. This passage is telling us that, you know, when you read Isaiah 60, verse 1, 2, you know, Isaiah 61, Isaiah 60, all that that's talking about, arise, shine, for your light has come. It is the light we are talking about is Christ. And the scripture is telling that, listen, John the Baptist was not Christ. You understand? He came as a forebearer to tell us that the light was coming. A lot of the time, we are looking, we think that if somebody helps us, we will shine. If somebody helps us, we will prosper. If somebody helps us, it will do well. We are assuming that, in fact, somebody else is the light for our life. Yeah. I want to tell some sisters out. It is not the marriage that will bring light to your life. There are people who have married who were quite light, who have become dark. The whole, their whole life has darkened. Because of marriage. Yeah. Sometimes it could be a job that once I become this, once I get a job in this kind of institution, once I start working for this kind of company, I'm, my life will brighten up. My life will shine. My, it's not true. In fact, I have come to realize that the more you are promoted, the more you will struggle. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you won't understand this. Keep it somewhere for a, a little while. Yeah, when you go to any workplace, you realize that those who are just collecting their money to go, they do nine to five, they are gone. Then you see that the managers, the directors, they, they have to sit there for hours and they have to make sure that the things are working. That is not your source. Your source is Christ. Your source is Christ. He says that he came and in him was life and the life was the light of men. It means that when you are in Christ, that life that Christ gives you is what brings you into the light. It's what makes you shine. And somehow, the one thing we struggle with as Christians is just settling down to read our Bible. It's just settling down to understand the word of God. Sometimes we are okay to listen to uh, Christian music. We are okay to, it, a lot of people, you see that the time they sleep in church is when the message is being preached. Yeah. 
And if the message is being preached and the pastor has made themselves turn your Bibles to this, let's read John this, let's read Numbers this, let's just say, ah, God, give us fire. Which fire? Yeah. So this pastor is a boring preacher. What you are trying to say is that the pastor is using the word of God. Because if the pastor comes and is reading passage after passage after passage, that is what is bringing life and light into your life. Yeah. That's why scripture admonishes us. Not the enticing words of man's wisdom. That you will like. That you will enjoy. That you will, you see, the things that make people stand in church. It's not the scripture. No, 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 no. And when the power arises, then we will also arise. They say, turn around, turn around, turn around. Then we'll turn around, turn around, turn around. There's nothing wrong with that. But the deception of it is that it takes our mind and our heart away from the word of God. And you will not shine. Haven't you realized that so many prophetic words have been given to you still things are the same? Ah, they've spoken over you. Yeah, I, I, when I saw you, I saw um, a mango tree, but I also saw, I saw a cedar. I saw a cedar tree and a palm tree. And I saw you moving away from the mango tree towards the cedar tree. Towards, so it means that there's great establishment coming towards you. I receive it, man of God. I receive it, woman of God. I receive it. Then we are like, ah, that's a powerful pastor. Some of us, we despise our pastors because you feel that they only teach us. You want a pastor who will come and tell you that, you know, your grandfather and your grandmother actually go to their room and just look under the blanket and take those two red handkerchiefs. One will have initials G. It's greatness for you. Go and pick it up. Then we are shaking. We are shaking. When somebody comes and preaches here like that, after the service, we're going to look for the person. Yes, so what does the G mean? And if you, the man too is a very, you know, <laughs> I lost my, yeah, he'll tell you that, yeah, it will take me some time to prove it. Here's my number, call me, I'll tell you what the G means in, in a few weeks' time. The word of God. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Mothers, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Declare the word of God over your children. Declare the word of God over your challenges. Declare the word. Listen, the word of God. You know, that's why this song that we have sung today, I pray that it will stay with you all through the week. Because let me tell you, even this morning, Pazam, yesterday I got home with my um, okay, you know I have issues with my left and right. My left leg <laughs> swollen, and I couldn't walk with it, and I was limping on it. And Reverend even helped, right? And then this morning I woke up, and my leg was—it was not a joke at all. And as I got into my car, I told the Lord that if you don't sort this leg out, and I get here, yeah, I don't mind. No, I'll get a stool and I'll sit down. And I'll tell the congregation that you didn't sort my leg out, so I have to preach it because my leg is hurting and I cannot stand. Literally, I packed my car, switched it off, got down, about to do my limping, and the thing was gone. And the leg was gone. The leg was gone. 
you have to get to the place where the word of God means something to you. That you can use it all the time. You, you see, the reason why sometimes the word of God doesn't work for you is because it is not your word. It is somebody else's word. Pastor says we should pray. Pastor says God will heal. At some point, it has to be the word of God says I am healed. Your child is playing up. You speak over their life. We'll look at that one as the last one before we go. To be enlightened means to be no more clueless or ignorant. When I was young, I think they still show it. There was this series they used to do called Clueless. How many of you watch it? Hey, ladies, nobody watches Clueless. How many of you watch Clueless? It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. It's for those above a certain age. Okay. And the girls in there were clueless. (laughs) <laughs> Airheads. It was so nice. Sorry. <laughs> First Peter 1, the Bible says in 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. The King James says that you were ignorant then. Amen. Because ignorance is the same It means you are clueless. You don't have a clue. To be enlightened means to be instructed. To be instructed. Many people despise instruction. Many people despise. And the thing is that you can see that it is something in our nature. Because by the time children are four or five, they don't want instruction. Clean your room. No. Take take your car from. No. Lay your bed. No. Go and brush your teeth. No. Yeah, I have... I have my grandchildren who are two and three. Brush your teeth. No. (laughs) Come and lie down. No. Eat your eggs. No. Do you want bread? No. But they know what they want. Can I have a tablet to play on? (laughs) When they are going to bed, tablet. When they open their eyes, tablet. Yeah. They open their eyes and say, here is toast. No. (laughs) Who taught them that? We naturally don't like instructions. And the more we prosper, the more we despise instruction. Because a bit of knowledge has come. And there's nothing more scarier than having half knowledge. Hmm. Listen, when you are blessed to receive instructions, you will avoid unnecessary tiredness. You will avoid unnecessary mistakes. I saw a scripture in the Bible. I just thought it was so nice. I'll give the Amplified, then I'll give you my version. It says that, Ecclesiastes 10, 15, the Bible says that, the labor of fools worries every one of them because he's so ignorant of the ordinary matters. He does not even know how to go to town. NLT, one small line. Fools are so exhausted by little work that they can't even find their way home. <laughs> hey! When they do something small, they think they have done so much. You already asked me to wash my plate. Now you have asked me to clean it. Then you have got to, and I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm t- small, small, small. And then we bring it to the house of God too. They ask you to do this. They ask you, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. They ask you, 
Listen, when you see things that flourish, you see things that succeed, you see the things that, that do well, somebody is working hard at it. Somebody, there are people there who are obeying instructions. There are people there who are obeying the word of God. When you see a Christian marriage that is working, it means there are people in, in there who are applying the word of God. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. It says that you won't find your way home. <laughs> you won't find your way home. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm tired. Next time you hear yourself say, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Remember what I'm saying. You can easily not find your way home. <laughs> yeah. People leave. When, when, when Reverend and I got married, we had another friend and his, uh, the wife, you know, and the wife was one of the laziest people on the planet. Heck. When it snows, she won't go to work. When it rains, she won't go to work. When the sun is shining, she won't go to work. When it's windy, she won't go to work. <sighs> every day and every week when we say, say so why are you working now? New place. <laughs> Recently, I was asking about her and she's in the same situation. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. You'll find your way home. She, they, they came to spend some time with us. You see, for me, one of the things I've learned is that when you sleep too much, you actually get tired. Yes. So sometimes when I've seen her sleep, 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 you know, by the time I'm tired, I'm looking at her, I'm tired for her. That, this is it. Yeah. I don't even know how she managed to raise her children. Because she doesn't like to don't bother me. Do not. And because she was so determined that she would rather not even have food in her house. If it would mean she doesn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> See, the Bible explains to us that we shouldn't bother instructing fools. They will despise us. They will hate us. They will not like it. But now I'm also saying that don't become one of that. Yes. You will not find your way to success. You will not find your way to victory. You will not find your way to a place of elevation. There is no way your life will rise to a certain level. There is no lazy person who succeeds. There, I don't care how much grace, anointing, power you have. There is no lazy person who succeeds. We don't have a lazy, uh, powerful footballer. We don't have a lazy, powerful runner. We don't have a lazy, powerful CEO. We do not even have a lazy, powerful president or prime minister. Yeah, you see, because what, what, it, it, mean, what it is is that for them to get there, even they may be... <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's been... No. Back to the numbers. Back to number six, please. So we're talking about enlightenment. Another thing that when God shines his face on you, it does is that you people leave me alone. It brings grace, kindness, mercy, favor. It also brings God's approval. It also brings God's acceptance. So it brings grace. You receive God's approval. You get God's acceptance. Do you know when God has accepted you? It doesn't matter who doesn't accept you. It does not matter who will not accept you when God has accepted you. 
when God has accepted you, it doesn't matter. It brings peace. It brings peace. It brings peace. Yeah. The verse 26 of number 6, it says that the Lord lifts up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility. But when we talk about peace, I just want us to realize that this peace that God brings when he shines his light on you is not the kind of peace that you get Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, there's chaos again. We are talking about continuous peace within and without. Some of us on the outward, we look very peaceful. Within, it is very chaotic. Yeah. There are sometimes you go into a home, the husband and wife, you, you, can't, you feel like there's peace there. If you go into the marriage, you realize that this is World War III. Christians know how to fake a lot of things. Christians know how to fake a lot of... That is why you can get a sister or a brother. They've gone to get an unbeliever. And instead of exposing a person so a person can get help, you tell the person, listen, once I'm bringing you to church, when you come, when they say praise the Lord, say praise the Lord. When they say hallelujah, say hallelujah. Occasionally say preach, you are sorted. But you cannot fake it for so long. If there's no peace, there's no peace. You cannot fake peace where there's where it is not. It's only a matter of time. The building will be shaken. And that's yo yo, you are peaceful, then uh, yeah, this is good, then it's not good, it's good, it's not good. After a while, it breaks you, it destroys you. So the Bible says that we should fight for peace. It is something that you must guard, it is something that you must want. And for all of us, maybe the way we have to guard the peace may be different. Do you understand? Maybe you like always quarreling every time you bring an issue. You have to stop it. The last thing that it says in verse 27, it says that, and he shall put his name upon you. He shall put his name upon you. The Lord's name is a seal upon you. Just as the queen, the royal family have a seal, the Lord's name is our seal. And what it does is that it gives us representation. When the Lord's name is upon you, there are places you can sit. There's also an authority that name gives you. There's an authority that name gives you. I'm speaking to a mother online. If you are a child of God, if you are a woman of God, you are an authority that the name that you bear carries. That means that you can command, you have authority, you can cause to be established, you can instruct, you can speak because you bear that name. 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 When you bear that name, you will declare a thing and it will be established. One of the things I want us to know is that binding or tying yourself to God and to everything concerning him gives you an authority where you move from just, okay, Lord, help me. Lord, I need this. Lord, To a place where the situation itself, you, you can speak to it. 
you can speak to the sickness. You can speak to the challenge. You can speak to the situation. You know, Jesus gave us an example when they were going past and he spoke to the fig tree. Mark eleven fourteen. 14, the Bible says that, then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. There are things that you can speak to to disappear. There are things that you can speak to to tie them up. There are things that you can speak to to loosen them. You know, there's a scripture in Joshua 10. The Bible says in verse 12 to 14, as we close, it says that, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites. So Joshua spoke to the Lord. Then Joshua spoke to something else. And then he said in the sight of Israel, Son, be silent and stand still at Gibeon. And you, moon, in the valley of Ajalon. And what happened? Verse 30 says, and the sun stood still. And the moon stayed until the nation took vengeance upon their enemies. It's not this written in the book of Joshua. So the sun stood still in the midst of the heavens and did not hasten to go down for a whole day. There was no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of man. Joshua spoke to the sun. Joshua spoke to the moon. And if Joshua can speak to the sun and can speak to the moon, then you also can speak. You also can speak. You can speak to situations. You can speak to challenges. You can speak to issues. You know, when you read scripture, you realize that there were times that men and women, they spoke to angels. Mary spoke to an angel. Daniel spoke to an angel. Abraham spoke to an angel. Zachariah spoke to an angel. They spoke to them. It's our generation, it's our season also. There are a lot of things that we are afraid to speak to. There are a lot of things that they rather speak to us instead of we speaking to them. Our poverty can speak to us. Our sickness can speak to us. Our struggle can speak to us. Our challenges can speak to us. Our it is time that we also started speaking to them. Consider your child is going the wrong way. Begin to speak to them. Speak to it. Speak to it. I always tell you, from the time my children were born, I was speaking to them when they couldn't hear anything. And when they are not in the room, I go and speak to the room. And speak to their pillow and speak to their bed. Speak to their blanket. Collect some of their clothes. Speak to them. Because you carry the name. You bear the zeal. You are a child of God. That's why I say that I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because I'm a child of God. That name is not, it's not just because it's Jesus. It is what is in that name. It is what that name represents. Rise up onto your feet.